This podcast is proudly part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcast Network. If you'd like to check out more Kaiju and Tokusatsu goodness, go to kaijuramenmedia.com. Him? Shin! Standing by. Complete. Greetings, heroes of the internet. I'm Travis. And I'm Nathan. And we are the Henshin Men, a podcast that celebrates Japanese superheroes and their high-flying and high-kicking adventures. In this installment, we will be discussing Kamen Rider episodes 68 and 69. The terrifying truth of Dr. Shinigami, Shinigami Hakase Kyofuno Shotai. The cunning kaijin squid devil uses technology created by Dr. Shinigami to devastate Japan with meteorites. Tachibana is captured by Shocker with the help of his traitorous friend Kumiaki and forced to become Squid Devil's trainer. Now Kamen Rider is summoned to battle Squid Devil, who has a shocking secret. I'm hungry for some calamari. Because it's a trap. Oh, mon calamari. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this episode, this first episode, I got to say, the last couple of episodes, the show has just been on a roll. Mm-hmm. And then we get to this one where it starts off continuing that role and get to the end of it here in a moment but this marks the end of dr shinigami our favorite not japanese vampire yes japanese yes. dracula japanese dracula i mean just he's he's the most probably the most iconic villain from this original series he's the one that's remembered the most the one that's made the most returns i would say uh in in future series in one form or another and mm -hmm. yeah he's just the most recognizable and for and it's you know for that same mm -hmm. reason that we talked about he he has that look about him that is so unique and mm -hmm. and just awesome and it's it's sad to see him go yeah no more hideo amamoto oh no. well not not in this <sighs> not in this series but we get him in a in a movie that we can cover in a future. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Master Rider the first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Although they cheated in that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they kind of had to because he was, he was kind of dead <laughs> already dead. Yeah. But um, this yeah. episode opens with the exact same opening as the blob from 1959. Yes. And that's fresh in my mind because I recently covered that on my, uh, on the Monster Island Film Vault. <laughs> I was just like, I was expecting uh, some weird goo to come out of that meteorite and attack those people. But nope, nope. We just get nope. bright sparkles. No goo for you. No goo for me. <laughs> oh, I must see the goo. <laughs> no goo for you. <laughs> Oh, man. anyway, uh, uh, so, uh so I'm the goo shocker. I'm the goo shocker. No goo for you. <laughs> the goo shocker. No goo for you. Uh, <laughs> no goo for you. Am I, am I confusing like television and, and movies with reality or did we have a secret government plan at one time to weaponize meteorites? I don't know how you would weaponize meteorites with our current level of technology. I feel like that was something or that was researched like back in the 60s or 70s on how to weaponize meteorites. And then, it, you know, of course, never went any further. But that was something that like surfaced years later that the government did. But maybe I'm confusing that with a plot from like G.I. Joe. <laughs> Uh, that does sound like, although I just Googled weaponized meteors, the first 
thing that pops up is from space.com and it says why asteroids make lousy space weapons. The next one is from the debrief.org and it says, yep, we can weaponize an asteroid. And then the next one is from JSTOR, which is actually an academic database. I'm very familiar with this. I used it a lot as a, as a grad student and as a, uh, an adjunct instructor and it says natural meteoroids as weapons. Okay. And so there, it's also them. a question on Cora. So, so, uh, Oh, whoa, know- whoa, what's this? The U S military's new super weapon. And it says it's a weaponized meteor strike. Hmm? See, I'm not insane completely. I just spend way too much time on the internet. Yes. <laughs> And possibly on conspiracy websites. Anyway, no, I think I was thinking of um <laughs> I think I was thinking of uh that show Eureka. There was a there was a um mm-hmm. episode where they were where they their the shield around the town got magnetized and was drawing meteors into the town. Yeah, actually according to this, I guess they did try to do something like this. Uh there was the guy who was in charge of it was a guy named Pornell, I'm just kind of, I'm trying to read through this quickly so we can get back to the show proper. And it was called Project Thor. Okay, see, I, that's what I'm saying. I like it. I mean, obviously it didn't work, but I, I feel like I remember reading something somewhere about how the government was like researching this back in the time of like the Cold War and stuff because, you know, there, you know, they're, they're, there's always, they, they researched everything on how to weaponize everything back then. Like, like they really, really wanted to weaponize everything. Um, so I just, yeah, I thought I had read something. Yeah, about although, it. It, yeah, although it looks more like it seems like it's less like actually grabbing meteors out of space and doing it, and more like making their own projectiles that they just drop. Now that orbit. is a thing. I have heard about that, and that was used as a plot in one of the GI Joe movies, where a satellite just yes. drops a really. It was heavy in retaliation. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Now that and that is based on a real like idea that was floated around. Um, whether it's you know whether it's possible or they ever were going to actually do it, that's a different story. But it was yeah. an idea that actually was floating around. So anyway, I'm just saying that maybe Shocker's plans fell into the hand of some U.S. agent, maybe an FBI agent. Was it Peter Andrews? <laughs> it was Peter Gallagher. Uh, <laughs> and... and that i don't know i like i don't know it just it, i just the whole time i was watching this episode i'm like i have a feeling this plan was like based in some kind of reality in and someone was researching this at some point i just couldn't get that out of my head well I, our friend august ragone told us that the people who worked on the show were very well-read people yeah i can i can believe it uh you know what else i couldn't get out of my head the fact that we have a brand new cyclone that gets its own theme song that gets its own theme song. I have, I, I have the a feeling it plays it, has its own theme song. It plays it out of speakers built into the side. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying the theme, so you're saying the music was diegetic. Yes. Yes. Uh, I just to move, <laughs> move things along. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> But no, this this cyclone has some neat upgrades. It seems to be more more uh, I don't know f- more durable, I guess, and it has wings, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I I translated the speed; it can go 186 miles per hour, or 300 kilometers an hour, which seems really slow. But then I remember this was in the 70s, so. <laughs> Well, the important thing is, yes, we have a new cyclone, but Fujioka is back. I don't know where yes. he went, but he's back. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird because we just like had a couple of episodes without Fujioka and all of a sudden, yep, there he is. So, OK, no idea, no explanation. Don't know what was going on there. Yes. Although speaking of meteors and evil plots, I there is a point where common writer tries to interrogate one of the goons and ask them why they're summoning meteors. I'm like, do you really need to ask? 
<laughs> yeah, it's like I mean, for I mean, what other reason would you need to summon meteors when you're an evil organization? Yeah, I was just Hongo. At this point, you don't even need to ask. You're, they're dropping the ball here a little bit. Uh, they're just evil. Just, just that, that's all that matters. They're evil. That's it. Yeah. Yes. But we need to talk about our kaijin of the week. Yes. Squid Devil. Squee Devil. Squee Devil. Squee Devil. Squee Devil. That's what I'm calling him. Squee Devil. Well, because if you look at his name, he's either Squee Devil or Squid Evil or Evil. Squid Evil? Squid Evil. Squid Evil. Squid it's evil. the it's the uh the other clone of Doctor Evil, not Mini Me. Squid <laughs> Evil. Well, it, it's like it's either Daredevil or Dared Evil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, which? <laughs> oh man, if he was called Dared Evil, oh, that would make him so much more awesome. Why have I never thought about that before? Well, that's not original to me. I heard that on a podcast. So I, uh, I, that should at least be the title of a daredevil story. Dared evil. Yes. He, that, how does that sound more awesome than daredevil? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. As a name for a superhero. Eh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah. Uh, squee, squee devil uh shows up and hello daisy anyway <laughs> uh squee devil it wouldn't shows... be henshin man or it wouldn't be a travis alexander podcast without at least one interruption from daisy yeah well she's determined she's going to rub her face on this microphone uh no matter what i say or do so i'm sorry listeners why does she love your microphone so much I really do not know. I don't know what her obsession with this microphone is. Anyway, Squid Ew. Devil, Squee, Squee Devil. Squid Evil, Squee Devil, all the names. Yes. Uh, he shows up, he attacks Hongo, and I actually really like the fact that Hongo cannot hold his own against Squee Devil. That, that this Kaijin is too powerful and overwhelms him mm -hmm. and he's got the kick counter which we saw a few episodes ago yes i thought that was so cool i was like ah we see it again it's paying off mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we uh, there's a lot of interesting things that come into play with this one we have we have another traitorous friend except now it's tachibana's okay yeah can we just can we just take a moment to appreciate the fact that tachibana finally has a friend that's his own age and then he stabs him in the back. <laughs> well, he doesn't stab him in the back. <laughs> well, it, well, the friend stabs him in the back. Oh, 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 I mean, yeah. Well, then the, I mean, I, the, then the friend, friend also gets stabbed in the back. Well, yes. Yes, this is true. <laughs> that is true. Ah. Uh, but he he also but it you know, but before that. He was like, hey, old friend, nice to see you, too. And then, well, he's trying to help against Squid Devil, Squee Devil, whatever. He Kirk foos him in the back. It's just, that's not, you know, just, eh, double, double yeah. hammer punch right there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we've seen Tachibana, like most of the time Tachibana is hanging out with uh, the the team writer, you know, all the, the young Rider girls, the kids that are hanging around them inexplicably. Uh, where where's Goro? I don't know where Goro is. Oh, we have Common Kenny's. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. Uh, I'm starting and, to wonder. Is, I'm starting to wonder is 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 what's a better name, Common Kenny or Kenny Rider? Kenny Rider. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, well, these kids these kids do want to be common rider they they practice doing a, their own rider kick and nearly injure themselves <laughs> well, okay okay <laughs> do we want to talk about that now or save it for later because the psa <laughs> i mean i i don't have much to say other than it was just kind of funny <laughs> like in the middle of all it of felt this weirdly like... meta <laughs> It really did. It really did. I feel like maybe they had some complaints that kids were 
trying to recreate some of the stunts in this show and so they put this in there on purpose but then i think back and it's like it's the 70s do they really care because they didn't really do that kind of stuff back then i mean this is still the time when lawn darts are still a thing (laughs) well i don't know but i was just like wow so the whole thing about parents freaking out about kids trying to mimic the people they see on TV goes all the way back to the seventies. Dang it. it. Now it does kind of tie into the plot of the episode. So it doesn't feel so left field, but it's still kind of odd where Taki and Hongo just stop what they're doing when they see some kids trying to do the writer kick. And they're like, no wait, kids, you shouldn't be doing the writer kick. The writer kick should only be done by trained professionals here. We'll show you one of the trained professionals. And then Hongo just goes off and hinges off camera and then comes back and does a demonstration for the children. And then he runs back unhinged off camera comes back. He's like, didn't you like that kids? <laughs> Speaking of G.I. Joe, it felt very G.I. Joe. It did. It really did. I was just like, oh, I need to, I seriously need to make a meme of this. I just want, I just need to get the right screenshot and put, and knowing is half the battle. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, now we know, now we know that Kamen Rider is is the only one who couldn't do this. (laughs) And knowing is half the battle. Kamen Rider. I would totally do it. I'm, t- I'm totally doing that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 perfect. It, it, it fits so perfectly. I, it was such a weird thing to put in the middle of this episode that already has a ton of stuff going on. And this is one of the busiest episodes I think we've had in a lo- in a while. And it's not like you know the yeah. last couple were very action heavy. Though this is like there's just like plots, just so many plots going on. And it's just like hold on. This is only 25 minutes, right? Right? Yeah. How are you cramming this much in? And and then, you know, we didn't even mention, well, we did kind of mention that Tachibana gets kidnapped. Yes. And he gets kidnapped because Dr. Shinigami wants him to train the shocker cyborgs and i thought that was really cool because it's like ah see they're learning that may there's something different about about uh common rider that makes him really powerful maybe it's the training that tachibana has given him so so maybe we'll get tachibana to train our guys and then they'll be powerful enough to to destroy common rider i thought that was kind of yeah, cool although, although before then they were torturing him by by crucifying him and what weren't they throwing stuff at him or something and no, i'm at a point now him. where the crucifixion the whipping him yeah i'm at a point now where the crucifix the crucifixions don't phase me anymore i'm no longer surprised now i would be surprised if does- i go through an episode and there are no there are no crucifixions but it does raise an, uh, an interesting question. Not that i'm complaining that there wasn't any but it does raise an important question of what happened to all the brainwashing that Dr. Shinigami was doing? Because they have to torture Tachibana into working for them. But it's like, but you spent like 10 episodes like brainwashing people. So what happened? Uh, you, you know what? That you know what? I think the I think the filmmakers were like, we've already recycled that plot enough. We have other plots to recycle. You say that the filmmakers or these the creators have decided that they've recycled that plot too much, but in the next episode we get child soldiers and brainwashing <laughs> in the very next episode. I don't, never mind. Then, like I said, they're like we're, they've got other plots to recycle. We've done the the shocker school twice. We've we've done brainwashing is easy. We can do that. You know, that's more versatile you know, we, as the next episode will show because good Lord, that was one of the weirdest ways to mind control people. I've seen it a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> something I really liked in this episode, I liked the shocker gym, just the straight up <laughs> gymnasium with the punching bags and the, and the wrestling wonder- ring. I wonder if it's the same gym in Ultraman Leo. It looks like the same gym. 
it might be but it's so funny just seeing and and they don't they don't address this in the episode but in the background there are two kaijin from previous episodes one of which we saw resurrected in a previous episode and get destroyed in a previous episode it's power rangers did it all the time i'm just saying they're just they're just there they're just in the background nobody's addressing the fact that there's just two kaijin that died one of them died twice and they're just back there in the background just practicing and sparring and everything is like yeah i what i I just want to know i just want to know what a commercial for shocker gym is like (laughs) 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 how do they how do they advertise that i i just imagine you know how like all the gyms ever will put out all of those advertisements right after new year's because they're like oh all of those new year's resolution people they want to get in shape here join shocker gym (laughs) yeah it's 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 like it's like planet fitness there's a there's a judgment free zone (laughs) (laughs) the problem is is that if the uh, the more in shape you get the more likely you are going to become a shocker goon that's the that's what they don't that's the part they don't tell anybody (laughs) yep yeah and if you're really exceptional you become the kaijin of the week yeah funny thing this literally is the plot of an episode of power rangers time force yes it is i remember that (laughs) (laughs) but still i'm just saying i would just love that can you imagine like dr shinigami coming out there's like let me tell you about shocker jim and the wonders it's done for my body i used to be wheelchair bound and look at me now (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah oh man so we did mention tachibana's friend kumaki what we didn't mention we did mention that he kind of betrays tachibana what we didn't mention was he gets a snazzy blue outfit (laughs) oh the blue spandex oh my gosh i was a little worried at first when i saw it i'm like oh no please tell me he's not an old man that doesn't have a spandex body because this could get awkward really fast. Oh, thank God. He's, he's still in decent shape. Whew. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's in a shape. <laughs> Not that I'm one to talk. <laughs> yes, Travis, we know you don't have a spandex body either. No, no. No, I would not look good in the in the shocker outfit, especially shocker the spandex. Because the blue, the blue is way it, the blue is a lot less flattering than the black ones. Remember when the higher rank shocker goons wore red? What's the blue one? That's what I'm curious about. It's like we only see it for this bit, and then that's it. It's like it's like the Star Trek colors, but they've mixed them up because you know black is is equivalent to red shirts red shirts are equivalent to gold shirts and then we have blue i guess is blue the science division for you know blue is just blue we've only seen one blue guy <laughs> i don't know, I don't know. Blue, da, although da, we're, we're talking da, about da, we were talking about Okay. <laughs> anyway, we were talking about Tachibana being the trainer. I kind of wonder if maybe that was part of his nefarious plan because he got to be as mean as he wanted to and they took it. Yeah, he got to beat up Dr. Shinigami, but we didn't know it at the time. You know, ignore the fact actually, you know, that is a good question. Do we want to do we want to move to the end there and talk about the revelation? I mean, there's a few other things we could possibly talk about, but this is a big spoiler for anybody who is watching this show and or wants to watch this show and doesn't want us to spoil a pretty, (laughs) a pretty (laughs) decent FYI people. You should uh, you should listen to the podcast after you watch the episodes. We're kind of an after show. Just say I mean, there's plenty of people who are listening instead of watching the show, which, you know, okay. Fair enough. Um, but if you do want to watch the show and don't want to be spoiled, here's your warning. Um, 
I really I want to I want to talk about the lead up to this first though because Tachiban is 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 now hostage uh, for, with Shocker. They uh, Shocker contacts Hongo and Taki and says, you know, if you come to this location, will and surrender yourself, we'll give Tachiban back. They show up there. Hongo comes in on his brand new cyclone motorcycle and he goes up to Dr. Shinigami and he tells Dr. Shinigami, where is Squidevil? And Dr. Shinigami says, he's right in front of you. And it's like, <laughs> Nani? <laughs> Nani? Nani? Which is so <laughs> Nani? And then he just, <laughs> and Dr. Shinigami transforms into Squidevil. Or Squee Devil with a cape trick. It was so great. It was so great. It, <laughs> I mean, the only thing that made it not as dramatic was the fact that I already knew this was coming. Unlike, unlike Colonel Zoll, when that happened, I was like, "Whoa!" I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> I mean, this... I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting a, you know, a werewolf story at Christmas. I'm just <laughs> that was weird right. enough. So this one, I kind of this one, I knew was coming, <laughs> and and knew this was so it wasn't a huge surprise. Well, what I found interesting about it is that with Colonel Zoll, he transform we see him in his human form and then he transforms at the end of the episode in this we see squid devil throughout the whole episode and then it's revealed that's dr shinigami so it, it switches right. it up a little bit and honestly if you look at the design of the squid devil suit probably should have saw it coming now i knew it was coming because it was spoiled for me too but I'm just like the designs are right there. They actually modeled Squid Devil after his outfit. Now it's subtle, yeah, but it's there. Yeah, it totally is. You know the the red on the inside of the cape and and the the white you know uh, suit that he was wearing and stuff. It's it's really really neat how they took some of the hallmarks from Doctor Shinigami to put into mm -hmm. Squid Devil. Yeah. Now, before we get to, uh, there's a couple of, well, no, I'll save that for the end there, but uh, let's talk about the actual ending of the episode, and then just to, I'll go over a few miscellaneous notes. But I see that you found the final fight to be a little underwhelming. It was. It really was. So, I, and I'll, I want to talk about that more probably in, in my final thoughts in my in my minute to hinge in it, but, but really the for this to be the death the end of dr shinigami who was the first real big bad guy that we had after colonel zoll to for him to just kind of like just go out the same way that every other kaijin goes out and doesn't really have like a huge impact uh yeah it just felt very underwhelming you know i have to admit the, uh, everything up to the final fight felt big and important. And then the fi uh, the fight itself felt a little run of the mill. I will admit that it wasn't terrible, yeah. but I'm like, you should be upping your game a little bit here. You did that for Colonel Zoll. Right. Yeah. And, and I think the, the one thing that does save that final fight is the fact that the squid devil does keep, Common Rider kind of on the back foot until Tachibana reveals that Squid Devil has a weakness, uh, and then that's when Common Rider kind of gets the upper hand. So a little, you know, that's that's a little bit in the positive side that there's yeah there with, is with that. his epic Rider chop, <laughs> yeah, which is done in yeah. true anime, well, an anime and Tokusatsu fashion. You know where you have to jump ten feet in the air because that magically makes it more powerful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then he does the final move, which is the Rider Drill Shot. I would have thought it would have been more fitting to do the Rider Kick, but he already yeah, countered that. Yeah, but we did establish so. early on, yeah, he, that he had the counter. But I, but it still would have been like, you know, of course, the iconic Rider Kick or, or Rider Double Kick or, or, you know, any of those or Rider Reverse Kick. You know, some of those more iconic ones are, are like a play on the iconic one. Instead, no, he does this weird kind of like pile driver type 
yeah move and it's just i don't know like i said i I just felt the whole thing was very underwhelming yeah yeah not the best way to take out one of the best villains on the show unfortunately Mm -hmm. yeah 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 well before we move on i did have a couple just miscellaneous notes i found it interesting that kumiyaki does switch sides again and helps tachibana out because of patriotism He's like, I can't stand by and watch them use meteors to destroy Japan. I was like, okay, thank you, Emmy. Are you uh, for betraying the white guys? So (laughs) only the Godzilla fans are going to get that one. (laughs) It still makes more sense than Emmy. Still makes more sense than that movie. (laughs) Uh. I don't know. I, yeah. I did like that. Uh, yeah, I, I did like that. Kumaki did have that turn. It was good that he came back around. And uh, yeah, yeah, for a character that only appeared for like all of what five minutes through the whole episode and the whole show, uh, he had a more he had a more dramatic death than Doctor Shinigami did because <laughs> he was literally stabbed in the back. He was stabbed in the back, but then there's that moment where, where, you know, Tachibana's like, like, Kumaki, Kumaki, come with us, you know, escape, escape. And he's like, no, I'm dying. Go. You know, it's like, it's just <laughs> like, it, it had more weight to it than Dr. Shinigami's death. And, and I, I, I hate that because Dr. Shinigami was such an important character for this show. Yeah. But it, it doesn't compare to Taki mourning the death of Peter Gabriel. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that was <laughs> hard. That one's hard to top. <laughs> and then we had the we had the tried and true moment where the hero learns that rule number one of being the hero is never under any circumstances trust the bad guy because a remote control car shows up in front of Taki and Hongo, and the Doctor Shinigami comes onto the radio and says, "Hongo, get in the car." <laughs> mm-hmm. And then he gets in the car and he's like, you told me you were going to give me Tachibata. And he's like, did you really expect no, 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 Shocker? No, that's, <laughs> oh, that's sorry. in my awards. Right. awards. Don't spoil it. Awards. That's in my awards. All right. All right. Awards. All right. Next episode. Transition. The monstrous Giller Cricket's Nails of Death. Kaijin Kiragurugi Seimaru Shinosume. Shocker unleashes Giller Cricket, who has the power of killer sound waves and, worst of all, deadly red nails. All he scratches become mind-controlled zombies, including a class of school kids. Now Hongo fights to break Giller Cricket's control before his victims die in three days. I do my hair toss, check my nails. Baby, how you doing? Feeling good as hell. No Lizzo fans? Any Lizzo fans? <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a Lizzo, it's Lizzo and Ariana Grande song. Uh, okay. <laughs> I do my hair toss, check my nails. Baby, how you doing? Feeling good as hell. Okay. Anyway. Uh, uh, I'm just... <laughs> I'm just amused by the fact that we're getting two recycled plots in this mind control yep. and children of the chakra port 97 red nails of death also, also another so a third recycled plot point uh a kaijin with killer sound waves yes the killer sound waves we got so this is like <laughs> this episode is just uh, it's I'm trying to think of the way uh, how to put this. It, this is so just this, this is, is like, like this is like plotline gumbo. They're just, they're just throwing everything <laughs> in there and hoping that it tastes all right. <laughs> hey, gumbo tastes good when it's made. Right. I know, I know. I've had gumbo. I've had plenty of gumbo. So nah. you know, I even went to Louisiana and had real gumbo. Ooh, okay. I was gonna say gumbo from Indiana ain't gumbo. <laughs> As a I, I, I as a true Cajun from from down here in the South, I I I gotta say, gumbo from Indiana and gumbo. I know I I had the real stuff. I had the real stuff. Anyway, okay. 
I am just amused by the fact that we have, even though it's a mind control plot again, it is one of the weirdest methods of mind control I've ever seen. Manicures. Manicures. Deadly manicures. <laughs> yes. This is, this is, I think I may have just come up with a better episode title for us. Manos, the hands of death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just I have I have written down here just deadly nail polish. <laughs> it's just it is just so funny because they are clearly clip on nails. Not even clip on nails. They're just like they are like paper cutouts of in the shape of nails that they just glue onto their fingers. Like they did, they couldn't even get actual fake nails. <laughs> Their budget, their budget had expanded, and they spent so much money on the kaijin suits and the pyrotechnics that they're like, "We need nails. Can you go buy us fake nails? No, we can't afford it. Well, what do we do? Well, we have construction paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, I feel and then like... it's just these actors are trying so hard to sell it. They are trying so hard to I... sell it, but it just looks funny. So I have a feeling that the that this script went out of the writer's room. They were ready to shoot it. And right before shooting, somebody in the crew walked up to the director and the and the producers and stuff and said, um, I don't think we can use sound to mind control people because we've kind of done that and, and done all that before. We need to come up with a new way to mind control people. Oh, uh, well, then just uh here stick some of this on their on their fingers and, and we'll just say it's their fingers and yeah it's like, just, because because it feels like because, such a last minute thing yeah because crickets are known for their deadly fingernails and and on top of that in this episode we see cricket the the killer cricket guy using his sound waves to mind control someone so why does he need to then use his deadly nails to also mind control people and and cause them to attack other people. And so I guess it's because it's more like a virus, it's spreading. But still, I feel like the idea that this episode went into was we're just going to have him use his sound waves to mind control people. And then someone on the <laughs> on the on the crew said, no, that's too similar to what we did before. Let's do, we have to do something different. And they just at the last minute decided to throw in the deadly nail polish thing. <laughs> so Giller cricket has COVID hands. <laughs> I just, oh so my all he has it's, to do, all you have to do is wash your hands. And then the, and then the mind control nails are gone. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a little bit more than that. Cause, uh, because uh, they're gonna die in three days. It's like it's like they have the ring on their fingers. Ooh, uh, they have a ring on their fingers. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but it magically wears if off. Like, if you put a ring on it, if you like it, then put a ring on it. <laughs> okay, sorry. But it, but it magically wears off just because Giller Cricket dies. But sure, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, th but that's a thing. Uh, like every it's every a trope. Hygiene. It's a trope. I don't care, but yeah, it's still just really funny because yeah, it's just. It's but I still can't get it. over the fact. I cannot get over the fact that Giller Cricket uses his sound waves to mind control someone. Like, if you have the ability to do that, why are you doing this other thing? And if you have this uh, this other thing that you're doing, why are you doing that? Because apparently Giller Cricket is such a cool kaijin. He has to have two gimmicks. It's so it's so bizarre. It's but so but bizarre. you'll also, also notice that his sound his sound waves come from that weird crystal thing on his forehead, not by rubbing his legs together. Nope. Nope. Because that's how crickets we do use it. That already. Well, because we used that already with the with the uh, the cicada guy, <laughs> so we had to do something. Why do different. I? Why am I starting to get the feeling that the show got more money and ran out of, and started and now is starting to run out of ideas? <laughs> the fact that we're on episode sixty nine doesn't tell you that they <laughs> they might be running out of ideas, <laughs> and they're still 
30, uh, 29 more episodes to go. Yeah, we still got more to go. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what, like I said, I, I just, yeah, this episode. So, so the evil eyeshadow fi- makes a return finally. <laughs> and again, they never see it. Nobody sees the e- the eyeshadow of evil. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I also got to give credit to to uh, Shocker, who are like, let's use children for our plans again. That's always worked. Oh, yeah, it's totally worked. Totally worked. Except now Hongo's just like, screw it and punches children. Just smacks the child. <laughs> I just love it. Two of them. Two of them. And then he punches yeah. and then and then he punches Taki in the face. For good measure. Yep. Because <laughs> like, Taki got caught. Taki got caught by the child by one of the children of the shotcorn. And he should have known better. Yep. And he gets his nails did. <laughs> What's it? What am I thinking of? There's uh uh, duh, duh, there's a which Bon Jovi. Uh, there's a Bon Jovi song that has a line about red fingernails. Uh, you gave love a bad name. Yeah, it's, yeah <laughs> I'm trying to remember the line. Yeah, uh, yeah. Red, red nails on your fingertips. That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to remember the lyrics. <laughs> I, I was like, I just need a little cue, and then I'll get. <laughs> yeah, blood red nails on your fingertips. <laughs> oh my gosh this episode (laughs) i also although i I have to say i love how giller cricket is weirdly concerned about the safety of the shocker goons and then gets annoyed when he kills any of them (laughs) okay that was absolutely hilarious (laughs) i was laughing so hard because a, a couple of times like he blew up the he blew up the goons by accident a couple of times and then there was a couple of times where the goons just literally just walked in front of him <laughs> like like why <laughs> why are you just walking in front of this guy I love, how, I love how he just says shocker goons stop huh and then uh, it's like get out of the way and then hongo just for good measure grabs one of them and just punches them <laughs> he's like what's your game (laughs) he's like i just wanted the goons out of the way so i could do my killer sound waves to you he's like hongo's not having a good day and then he looks around and the goons are dying anyway so (laughs) (laughs) and then later on he like one of them falls off one of them falls off of a ledge in front of him and he's like oh (laughs) he actually gets frustrated I don't understand why he's weirdly uh, concerned about their safety, but well, no, it's it's because every time that they walk in front of him, it blocks the sound waves to Common Rider, and so Common oh, Rider true. literally survives because the goons are idiots and walk in <laughs> in the line of fire. <laughs> that is true. No, I was thinking of later in the episode, he gets mad when one of them fall when oh, one yeah, of them falls okay, off yeah, a ledge in front on. of him. <laughs> It's just so funny. Because they're stupid. <laughs> like, I would be frustrated <laughs> if, if I was surrounded by idiots, too. <laughs> I'm surrounded by idiots. <laughs> um, Although I heard an interesting about- theory about why that is. <laughs> okay. Which it's the because that's something that people point out. I was like, why do all these supervillains have idiot henchmen? Is and the the explanation I heard is if they had smart henchmen, the smart henchmen would try to overthrow them. Well, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, true. So they just kind of chose the, I guess, what in their mind might be the lesser of two problems. <laughs> also, also, like you know, they're not being paid well. And and you know they're not really motivated. <laughs> I'm waiting for the shock. Suddenly, I want the shocker goons to unionize. Can you imagine that? <laughs> I want the shocker. Hey, if if the, if it can happen to the Starbucks baristas, it can happen to the shocker goons. <laughs> can you imagine seeing like a shocker goon union rally? Pay us more. More safety rails. <laughs> Stop using us in your experiments. 
Oh yeah, like at the beginning. <laughs> that one poor guy, he just walks in doing his job and, and a mass in our hell yep. just like, you die today. What? I don't want to die. <laughs> no, you're going to die today. What? I don't want to. And then, ah, uh, oh, the red nails. I'm so happy. Here, you want red nails too. <laughs> oh man <laughs> it's just like is this not self-parody this almost feels like it, self-parody it, it really does start to feel like like the creators of the show are becoming very aware of of what they're doing and just kind of making little in jokes within the show because <laughs> it really does start to feel that way <laughs> like we've been at this for 69 episodes <laughs> yep we're running out of ideas let's poke fun at ourselves what else are we gonna do Uh, we got 29 more episodes of this which is great i mean that's 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 what made the 66 batman so great was because it's like yeah we're in on the joke we're in on the joke this is meant to be silly this is not meant to be taken seriously yeah yeah well we've come a long way since our sacrificing puppies and virgins days Yes, yes, we yes we have. And We've gone from know. the blood of puppies and virgins to the blood of bunnies to blood red nails on your fingertips. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's talk about. I, I know you have it. I know you have it as one of your awards, but I have to spoiler talk about warning. Just for, I have to talk about just for a little bit the um the the trap that hongo or common writer falls into the shocker the, like this this shocker trap sponsored by serta mattresses now with memory foam <laughs> oh my gosh i just i was just like that's all you needed that's all you <laughs> needed to stop the super so- again is this self-parody apparently all they <laughs> needed to do this whole time was lock common writer in a padded cell go find a a loony bin stuff him in the loony bin and he's completely ineffective i mean i think we all need to be in the loony bin after the after this show my goodness um no i okay to be fair they do explain that shocker scientists have developed this special memory foam type padding that absorbs all force pushed you know put on it so if you you know and and it's like it absorbs it's almost like vibranium it absorbs every bit of energy that's put into it soft vibranium it's soft vibranium (laughs) uh for for all the nerds vibranium it's spongy vibranium imagine shield made out of this Spongebranium. Spongeranium? Spongeranium. Spongeranium. Uh, <laughs> it literally so- it literally bounces bullets back at it. So like it, abs- <laughs> it the foam absorbs it and just springs it right back. Yeah. <laughs> I, I but I, I like the idea that they developed something that can counteract like the so he can't jump, he can't punch, he can't kick because if he does, it just absorbs all of the impact. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a there's a moment after this that also made my awards. Yes, yes. And and it definitely was one of my favorite moments of this episode too. But and, and we'll talk about that more when we get to awards. But I do like so because he can't brute strength his way out of this this cell because of this new material that is now uh, at you know in your local Serta mattress uh, store that uh, <laughs> uh, that he has to use his brains and and I, I talk about it, I've talked about it a lot and I and I really like when superheroes are forced to use their brains and not just their bronze when they have to use their intelligence. And we know that Hongo is supposed to be super intelligent. So when he is able to use his intelligence to get out of a, out of a trap instead of just brute forcing his way through, I think it's really cool. And he does that in this. So, you know, like, was it silly? 
was it was it a silly idea? No. Was it silly in execution? A little bit, but it's a you know it's it's a Tokusatsu show from the seventies. And what, yeah, what but does expecting? it give us? Yeah, but it does give us some a cool moment of Hongo getting to use his brains instead of his bronze. Yeah, yeah. Now I do have a couple of notes here, and I considered both of these for awards, and they come from the climactic battle, the end of Giller Cricket. As much as we've talked about how this episode borders on self-parody and it's recycling three different past to evil plots and throwing them into a blender, I gotta say, Giller Cricket might have had the most gruesomely epic end of any kaijin of the week. Are you talking about he when he gets stabbed a... in the face? Yes! He takes a knife to the face! I was not to the face. (laughs) I was not prepared for that when I watched it. (laughs) I cringe so hard. I'm like, oh, (laughs) yeah. I was like, which they they set it up. They set it up because that's where his killer mind control sound wave thing is. So, so Commodore just picks up one of the shocker goon swords and just throws it into his head. (laughs) <laughs> yes so like like you t- that is that is moon knight level of of like just down and dirty <laughs> it was just wow and then <laughs> and then no that that if that wasn't enough because oh, apparently Giller Crick is just like, no, you broke my transmitter. I'm like, you have a sword in your head. <laughs> and all you're worried about is your transmitter? You have a sword in your head. Okay. And then Shocker. Uh, oh, excuse me. <laughs> and then Common Rider does. I don't even remember what the finishing move was because what I remember was that it seemed like. Seems like Common Rider and the filmmakers made a big deal about the fact that Common Rider was hitting him in that pro wrestler style belt buckle, and then he explodes. So I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on, back the train up here. Are you telling me that Shocker Kaijin are like the Z putties from Power Rangers? They are invincible except for the giant glaring weak spot. And if you hit that, they explode. Yeah, I guess so. Why hasn't anyone thought of this sooner? (laughs) Although, I don't know how invincible he is everywhere else if he got a sword to the face. (laughs) Yeah, but it didn't kill him. He just couldn't use his mind control powers anymore. Well, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Again, okay, so again, again, I don't, I think the nails thing is a last minute addition to this because when it comes to fighting giller cricket the the target is the sound wave generator not his hands although it would have been really cool to see common just lop off his hands like you know <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> like, no, like no, a, no, like no 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 he should have gone full tilt mortal combat fatality with this, he should have went up there with the sword, chopped off the hands, and then threw it into it. Then threw it into his head, and then picked him up, punched him in the belt buckle, and he explodes. It's like fatality. Common rider just like wins. Full on like <laughs> Jedi mode. Just go into like Jedi Star Wars mode of just lopping off limbs. <laughs> with the sword. Slice, slice, stab. Punch explode. <laughs> I think I may have just described uh, every Tokusatsu superhero show ever. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, I don't really have anything else to talk about. So, can we get into uh, the awards? Now? We need to get to the awards. We, we need to go. We've gone slightly longer than we normally do. So let's get to the awards. These are fun little awards that we give out to the TV show episodes or movie that. We talk about here on the show, starting with the Henshin Kick for Award for the best stunt or fight scene. 
All right. <clears throat> I am going to bring up the thing that we were hinting at a few minutes ago with the the padded room <laughs> because Common Rider's kryptonite is memory foam. <laughs> but the way he gets out, I have to say, purposes. yes. But the way he gets out, I really liked. He takes off the scarf and and then uses that to catch the a window and then he does the screw kick to get to pull himself up to the window and i thought oh so the scarf doesn't just look cool it has utility i like this show. yeah yeah <laughs> it, it's not just fashionable it's also useful uh that's really so, cool so it's like the common writer's scarf is to him what Batman's utility belt is to him. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess. Um, also, shocker. Why do you have a window in this cell that you built to be inescapable? Two of them. To just they have the taunting why? window and then the regular the window. Like, like the, the plant, like the shocker planner is like, okay, we're going to, we need a, we need a nine foot by nine foot room uh, over here on the right. We're going to put the taunting window. Uh, we got to make sure that the, but the taunting window is going to cost extra. That's, that's what the, that's what the contractor told us. <laughs> and then we can have the regular window for ventilation purposes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. So we have to let we have to let our prisoners have at least a little bit of sunshine, sunshine and fresh air. What do you think we are, monsters? <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was mine. One of my favorite moments, actually, not only of this episode but quite possibly the show. I really appreciated that. Yeah, re I, I was right there with you with that one. I did really enjoy him using the scarf. Like I said, just not just for the fact that it was it was useful. It's a tool. You know, he actually uses it, you know, as a tool, but also just showing that he uses his brains instead of his bronze. But mm -hmm. there was another scene that I'm going to give my Henshin Kick Award to. And it's because I've been really, really focused a lot lately on how the cameras uh, the, how the, how the men are shooting action scenes and there's a scene when common rider is fighting the goons in this abandoned house uh in in this uh killer cricket episode and it's just one long continuous shot. There's no cutaways. Mm -hmm. The cameraman's there in the middle of all of this action inside this abandoned house. And then there's a scene where Kamen Rider punches one of the goons and the camera actually follows the goon through the window and out the window as he lands outside from the punch. And I just thought that was such a cool shot to kind of show the impact and fight. It was just really well done. You can tell that they've definitely improved and, and have had the experience now of filming action scenes, real action scenes, good action scenes, and they're bringing mm -hmm. that knowledge into the show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is funny. Cause right before we started recording, we found a Tokushoutsu tweet that said, I was like, what is it? This is reason number one, 6,275, why fight scenes peaked with common Rider. <laughs> right. Yep. Uh, yeah. And next up we have the talking Toku Award for the best special effect. Uh, to the surprise of none of the heroes of the internet, mine goes to some miniature work, specifically the exploding observatory. Yes. The, the common Rider miniatures always scream. It's only a model but I'm still a sucker for it because you don't see it all the time. Yeah. And I actually was going to go with either the observatory model or the model that they used in the second episode uh, that we covered this week, because both of those, like you said, we don't get a lot of model work. Um, although we are getting it more and more as we're going, getting deeper into the show. I was going to so say, stop saying that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's but, like they heard but, us saying, Hey, more miniatures. 
Yeah. So I was going to give it to the miniature work and the explosions and stuff, but I was reminded as we were talking earlier about the very first scene. Well, one of the first scenes of the very first episode that we covered today. And it was when the young couple, it's, it's the, the blob scene when the young couple Mm -hmm. goes up to this, this asteroid, this meteorite that has landed on the earth they're going to poke it with a stick because, of course, that's what you do when things come out of space. You want to poke it with a stick. And I, you know, the moment where I expected an alien goo to come out and attack them instead of an alien goo, there are literal fireworks that just go off everywhere and just completely engulf this actor who's playing the the male kind of of the couple and just completely engulfs him in sparks and sparklers and just everything. It's just such a, it was such an amazing pyrotechnic thing that I was like immediately, whoa, that is cool. I don't think anything else is going to top it. And then I forgot about it as we went through the rest of the episodes. And it was only until we started talking <laughs> about it that I remembered it. <laughs> Go figure. Go figure. Oh, and now we come to coming at you for the best line. Honestly, looking back on some of your notes, like there probably were better candidates, but I'm going to go with a nice little BA line from common writer. It's from the first episode we covered where he says cyborgs who serve evil will never triumph. That was a really good line. I, I did like yeah. that line. Such a, it was a good hero line. Yes. Uh, mine, I went with, I, I, I said, we didn't want to spoil it earlier when you were talking about it, because, uh, when, when Taki shows up, he's like, you were, where's Tachibana? You were going to release Tachibana. And of course, Dr. Shinigami with such a great line was like, you expect Shaka to keep its promises. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> right. <laughs> honor does not exist in shocker the shocker is incredible is some of the most pragmatic of supervillains. they just fail at getting the job done i'm just saying right <laughs> they're like a 12 on the evil meter but they're like a negative 12 in competence so <laughs> it's a trade-off i guess <laughs> All right, and now for WTH, what the head shit for the craziest moment. We've already talked about it, which is the common writer's weakness is memory foam. We've already talked about that to death. I will mention my runner-up. I did have a runner-up, which we've already also already talked about, which is Hongo punches children because that's what yeah. you do. <laughs> it's funny because because it felt like they were really going out of their way in previous episodes for Hayato and Hongo to not punch the children at, you know, when they're, when the children are mind controlled to like maybe push them or, or do something else to them, but not actually hit them. And then to just have him go whack, whack, just <laughs> smack right in the face of both of these kids. I was like, yeah, that's, that's just great. <laughs> yep. Although you also had another one. I'm looking at it right now. You had another one that I thought about picking. I really did, because even though I said I'm just getting used to the crucifixions, they did have a weird one at the beginning yeah, of this episode. So, <laughs> so my What the Henshin Award goes to, at the beginning of the Giller Cricket episode, they have a fake common Rider. It's an effigy. One, it's an effigy tied to <laughs> one of the cross, like you know, the 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 stock standard wooden crosses that they use to tie their victims to the shocker uh, crosses. And Giller Cricket uses his his sound wave blast to blow that effigy up. Now that was that was cool and all, and I, I like that. It was a nice effect. What got me was there's the common rider, the fake common rider helmet rolls over you know after being exploded gets tossed over and rolls in front of giller cricket and he like picks it up and i was just like that <laughs> is just crazy just like the the most insane moment of the of this episode i think was just that of like the, there's a common writer head essentially laying on the ground in front of the bad guys 
I, yeah, that was wild because uh, I'm just in her thing. Clearly, clearly, they're thinking, burn the common writer effigy. That's too good for it. We're going to crucify it and blow it up. Exactly. Goodness gracious. <laughs> oh, and with that, Travis, it's time for minute two henshin it. <laughs> This is the part of the show where we give our final thoughts in one minute or less. Since I went first for the awards, I'll let you go first for this one, Travis. Sure. I can tell you're chomping at the bit anyway. All right. All right, go. Um. Yeah, these episodes are just so jam-packed with so much going on. There's there's so much plot to get through and 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 ultimately I felt disappointed. I felt disappointed with the second one because it felt like they just kind of recycled too much and too much of it felt like last minute decisions. And of course, the death of Dr. Death, Dr. Shinigami was so anticlimactic. I mean, just we talked about it after the death of Colonel Zoll. I expected more and and I didn't get that. Well, sheesh. You did that in uh, about 35 seconds. It's kind of your average. Nice. Yep. There you go. All right. And here I go. Henshin. So, yeah. We talked before last week about how those two episodes, both in one form or another, felt like finales. I got a bit of that same sort of energy with the first episode with Dr. Shinigami. If it wasn't... A finale it also felt a bit like a season premiere i guess in a way because the, the opening credit sequence is different now as well but yeah it didn't quite stick the landing and then we get into one of the most recycled plots ever with some really insane moments in it you know like the crucified exploding effigy and other things you know the the knife in the head and yeah but you know, coming off of those last two episodes, mm, uh, running out, I'm running out of steam. There, we're getting to another lull in the series. I could say more, but I'm done. I am done. You're done, son. You're done, son. All right. Speaking of being done. <laughs> yep. Speaking of being done, we want to say a thank you to everyone for listening to The Henshin Men, a tokusatsu appreciation podcast. You can find links to all of our social media in the description of this episode. You can listen to more of me on the Kaiju Weekly Podcast and listen to more of Nathan on the Monster Island Film Vault and the Power Trip. If you found some enjoyment from this podcast, consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podchaser. And until next time, what are we going to say, Nathan? After a long day of crushing shocker, Hongo spends the night at the day's henshin. This podcast is part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcasting Network and is copyright 2022 Kaiju Ramen Media, LLC.